1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com.
2: This is the Gray Bar Sports Open line.
0: Those bit swings and he hits a
3: drive. He hits a slammer. On
0: America's Sports Voice, King of OX
3: back at
1: it. Our final hour of the program this week. A Friday night edition of the Graybar Sports Open Line. When we get done... The uh, Takeout with Major Garrett will roll your way from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. And then the Rachel Zimmerman Show will be on from uh, 9 to 10. We'll have a preview of that with Rachel coming up in our final segment of the program today. And then again, we are going to be in Nashville at baseball's winter meetings uh, Monday through Thursday of next week. The winter meetings officially get underway uh, Monday morning. There's going to be a number of events, and uh, we'll see what happens John Moselock at the news conference to introduce Sonny Gray earlier this week indicated that the focus for the team is now somewhat shifting to what might be out there from a trade perspective. You read the trade rumors out there, and that's just what they are. They're rumors. Uh you don't see the Cardinals name listed that often. There was a there was a report for not even a report, report's the wrong word. So uh, what social media blew up the other day because Ken Rosenthal had essentially a throwaway line in a story saying that the Cardinals remain interested in Dylan Cease. And if you went and read the entire thing, it was kind of sort of, you know, There it was one of uh, Rosenthal's things where he goes through various different topics. It's not just like a one subject piece, but lots of different things were hit on. Dylan Cease and where he may end up uh, was one of them. He he mentioned St. Louis is being still interested, um, but uh, there's a lot of other teams that
3: are interested. Isn't it funny how the media can blow things up? Because I thought that that was I I thought I was reading that and seeing that tiny little tidbit. I mean, it was, it was. At Max, one sentence, and then all of a sudden, you're seeing headlines saying Cardinals in on Dylan Cease, and it's just funny how the media. Can yeah. Blow so what up. I
1: did, Ethan, that's a really good observation by you. Um, I saw the I saw the, the the social media blow up before I read the Rosenthal column in the Athletic, and I thought, what in the world did Rosenthal say to result in this? And then I found his column. And I read through it, and I didn't. I missed. I missed the sentence about the Cardinals. And I reread it, and there I saw. There's one. There's one sentence. I think it literally was no more than nine the, words. The Cardinals remain interested in cease. I think that was it. In this long, big piece, all kinds of things being talked about. Um, the card. The Cardinals remain interested in cease. I don't know what. Would I love for Dylan Cease to be a Cardinal? Yeah, obviously. He makes the rotation better. He brings legit swing and miss. Legit swing and miss. Like, nothing against Sonny Gray's swing and miss because he's got it. But Gray's a, a one-strikeout per inning kind of guy. Cease is well above that. Cease can get a strikeout at any moment that you need it. He's he's a He's a true strikeout pitcher. So that is something that the Cardinals need. I don't know if the Cardinals have what it takes to win the Dylan Cease sweepstakes. When when you look at where they're – if they want to trade Hence, they can probably get Dylan
3: Cease. How about this? Is it they don't have what it takes, or they aren't going to be willing to depart with the pieces that it would take? Well – Because that's two very different things. It
1: is and it isn't because can we all – can we just sit here and say that they're never gonna, they're, they're not gonna trade Jordan Walker? Can we agree that they're yes, not gonna trade Jordan Walker? That. Okay, so if they, so uh, not willing, I don't put not trading Jordan Walker under the category of not willing to do it because clearly they're not gonna trade Jordan Walker. Sure, and I don't, nobody's talking about that. I'm, I'm using that as an extreme example to to respond to what you're saying. Would they trade Tinkens? I, I wouldn't be completely against them. Uh, doing that for a couple reasons. Uh, First off, with all due respect to the Cardinals, they have not been especially good recently in producing pitching prospects. So, as exciting as Teen Kintz might look, there is no guarantee of what he's going to be. Plus, he's nowhere... Kevin Wheeler and I have this conversation all the time. He is nowhere close to being a starting pitcher because he's not throwing enough innings. I don't think he's thrown 100 innings in a season yet. So, either they've already made the internal decision that he's going to be a relief pitcher or they're going to have to start working his inning count up as quickly as possible. But if you think that you need a major league starting pitcher to be able to go minimum 120, we'll say 130 innings. Let's say you, you go in the season, I need at least 130 innings for you. And, uh, Hintz probably isn't ready to do that yet. So, if they were willing to trade a Tinkens they could probably get a Dylan Cease. A lot of people I I don't think a, a TK Roby, I don't think a Gordon Grcefo, I don't think a Cooper Jerpy, I don't think those guys get you Dylan Cease.
3: Does it have to be pitching prospects?
1: it has to be at least one big-time pitching prospect. And I think the only guy there is Tinkins.
3: He threw 96 innings this past year.
1: So he is so... Because you have to be careful in how many innings you add on to a guy's arm on a year-by-year basis. If you put on too many innings from one year to the next, you're just asking for that pitcher to get Tommy John surgery. So the Cardinals, at some point, if they want Tinkins to be a starter, they got to start upping those innings, and we'll see if they do that this year. So that's the first thing. The second thing is... Who from the major league roster do you trade away? If they need to trade away Brendan Donovan to get um, to to get Dylan Cease, do it. I like Brendan Donovan. I like him a lot. Uh, Donovan probably has as much value from the major league roster. As anybody that I would be willing to see them trade. A lot of people compare Tommy Edmond to Brendan Donovan. I think Donovan has a ton more trade value than Edmund. And I also don't th- think the Cardinals right now can afford to lose Tommy Edmond because if Mason Wynn doesn't work out next year at shortstop, if he needs to go back to AAA, he didn't hit. He you know, If he's hitting under a buck, you know, under 100, uh, you need somebody else to play shortstop. And the only guy in the organization that you feel comfortable with that right now is Tommy Edmond. So even though Brendan Donovan would have more value, I think, to other teams, I would argue that Tommy Edmond has more value to the Cardinals from a roster construction standpoint, because you have to have somebody who can play shortstop other than Mason Wynn.
3: No, that's a fair point. I think that I think there's a couple of things to to keep in mind. And I think that another name that that comes up for me is first off and this is also, I think a lot of people are putting Mason Wynn in that no trade area as well. But that's a question that has been brought up is, are you would you be willing to depart with Mason Wynn? And I think that you could say fair arguments on either side, but I can understand why people would say no to wanting to give up Mason Wynn because he has been deemed that shortstop of yeah. the future for this team. But you also have, keep in mind, and this is also, it's, it's trying to find that balance between the right now Wanting to win right now, but also knowing there are pieces down the road, and another one that's brought up is Victor Scott, who's a lot of people are saying is going to be. We've talked about this; could be is likely to be that looked at as that center fielder of the future. So where does that leave a guy like Tommy Edmund? Where does that leave a guy like Brendan Donovan? You know, are you? And it's it com, it comes back to the entirety of you have a lot of depth, finding a way to put the perfect amount of depth right into a trade to acquire some sort of starting pitching somewhere you'd hope is able to happen. It's a matter of, like you said, is it going to be the right deal in order to get a guy like Dylan sees? Because if you're getting anything of lesser caliber than a number two, I don't think they're going to want to do it because yeah. they've already, they've already done that. They've already acquired that. Yeah. It doesn't
1: help you. I just, I I have a hard time believing that the Cardinals are going to be able to say beat the Dodgers Uh, in a trade for Dylan Cease because when you look at the number of top 100 prospects that the Cardinals have and the number of top 100 prospects that the Dodgers have, it's a different world. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the Dodgers, if they lose a prospect who's a big part of the organization moving forward, they can supplement that with free agency at the major league level with the amount of money that they spend. So I'm not saying that it's an impossibility that the Cardinals get Dylan Cease I just think it is incredibly, incredibly unlikely because I don't trade Jordan Walker, I don't trade Mason Wynn, and I don't trade Nolan Gorman. I do second baseman who can hit 30 home runs. Do don't come not very, yeah. grow on trees. I I don't I do not move Nolan Gorman. I just don't.
3: Do you think it's funny that and and maybe this is fair game, but a guy like Dylan Cease who obviously has shown some serious talent and is first couple of years in the majors. But this is a guy that had an ERA not too far south of five last year. And I'm not saying that you you lean too heavily on that, but that seems like by everyone in both like the fan bases, the media, and based off of what he's you know, he could get or the White Sox could get in a package for him, it seems like that's something that's almost being completely ignored too, which I think is interesting. I'm not saying that you rely super heavy on that, but – It seems almost that 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 is not even being discussed at all. Well, two things. A, he strikes guys out. That's the
1: most important part. And he was playing for a horrendous White Sox team that reportedly was fairly toxic as well. In 2022, the dude had a 2.20 ERA. So it's not like he's got a career 5 ERA. I'm not trying to completely dismiss what you're saying, um, but I'm not so worried about that 4.58. His strikeout rate stayed up. He historically has pitched to a better ERA than that. Uh, So, yeah, that would be my response to you. Just a thought. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, that's Ethan Hannaford, by the way. Uh, I want to get his take on what's going on at Lindenwood because he's a Lindenwood guy. And Lindenwood moved to D1. All kinds of fanfare. I don't think a negative word has come out of my mouth about Lindenwood uh, since I've been back here. Uh, What we've seen them do from a football standpoint, what we've seen them do from a basketball standpoint, the way they were able to jump right in to the OVC and be competitive immediately, doing everything correctly in their transition to D1. It has been a fantastic sports story in the St. Louis area. Bluntly, that story turned sour today with the announcement that they are dropping 10 programs Uh, close to 300 student athletes their opportunities gone countless coaches evident probably won't have jobs moving forward this is a really really tough situation and we'll go through it coming up in just a moment as we roll on with the gray bar sports open line on kmox
0: call from mom answer it call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus at and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today.
3: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: Back out here on a Gray Bar Sports Open line coming up in about uh, 10 15 minutes. One of our favorite people to talk NFL with Ed Smith former uh, NFL player. He is going to join us on the program. Uh, I was not expecting the news that came down today. And I am well aware of kind of the cost of biz- doing business in Division I college athletics, especially uh, mid-major, small small D1 schools like Lindenwood. And Lindenwood, you know, years ago when they made the decision, and it's been an interesting journey for Lindenwood going in, in, in a fairly short amount of time. Going from NAIA to D two to D one, and they have done an incredible job making it all work and finding a way to kind of increase their footprint in the region as a Division one school. Uh, you know, when look when I was coming out of high school, I, I graduated high school in two thousand one, and I knew I wanted to go into broadcasting. And people were really surprised that I didn't go to Lindenwood. And it, it was nothing against Lindenwood. I wanted the major college experience. I wanted to get away from home, and that's that was what led me to that. But there were a lot of people, because that was sort of already at that point, 2001, Lindenwood was already known as the school that if you want to get into broadcasting, you go to Lindenwood. They've got an incredible broadcasting program. So when I told people that I was, you know— I was working at a radio station here in town as a senior in high school, and when people knew that I was leaving St. Louis to go to college, there was some surprise that I wasn't going to Lindenwood. Lindenwood has done an incredible job from an academic standpoint and from uh, an athletic standpoint in continuing to kind of build their footprint and, and build their stature from a regional standpoint, and then they get their athletic department as a into Division One and not only do they get there, they look like a division 1 school. That's the most important. There are times where schools go D1 and the facilities just aren't there and they 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 still look like they're a D2 school, right? They you know there's some work to be done uh, and they're, they're not overly competitive things like that. That's not the case. That's not the case with Lindenwood. It's been it's been really good. So I say all that to say this. We got some really unfortunate news today from the university, from the athletic department, that they are cutting 10 sports for financial reasons. Uh, Men's lacrosse, men's swimming and diving, men's tennis, men's indoor track and field, men's outdoor track and field, men's wrestling, women's field hockey, women's gymnastics, women's swimming and diving, and then they're also dropping a couple non-NCAA sports in men's and women's cycling. Um, They're not overtly saying that this is because that they made the decision to move up to division 1 uh, they had a uh, in a statement. They said the decision was made after an extensive evaluation of the athletic department over the last year. The university, with support from external consultants, formulated a set of data-informed recommendations. It was determined that the athletic department, which sponsors 30 NCAA sports, had become too large to sustain the quality of the student experience. Lynnwood expects the choice is part of a broader initiative dedicated to ensuring the sustainability and quality of both academic and athletic programs. The university is working to rebalance investments in athletics, academics, and staffing while carefully monitoring expenditures to create an environment where excellence flourishes in all aspects of university life. I I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. I'm good at being wrong. I don't think if they're a Division II program, this is happening. I don't. I think it is expensive. It is expensive to be a D1 program. And... I don't know the kind of donor money that's coming in at Lindenwood. I'm not connected to that world at all, but I can't, I can't guess. I'm sure they have some very good people who donate lots of money from kind of an individual standpoint. I'm not trying to be dismissive of anybody or any corporation that gives money to Lindenwood and Lindenwood Athletics, but I, I don't think there's a deep pocket situation. And again, it's a... It's a kind of a relatively young athletic experience at the highest levels at, at D1. And even uh, when they were a D2 program, you, you're, you're just not at that point where you've got all kinds of donors that are going to be giving tons and tons of money. Maybe I'm off base on that one. If I am, you can certainly correct me. It is expensive to be a D1 athletic program. It takes There's extra staffing involved in it. Uh, The NCAA requires a lot of things of D1 programs. But you know what? Nobody forced Lindenwood to go D1. No one said you have to do this. When the decision was made by Lindenwood that they were going to be a D1 athletic program, they knew the expectations and they knew the cost. Now, does the world look a little bit different right now? Sure, it does inflation's at a tough spot right now. We're coming out COVID. I know there are some external forces that they could not have predicted, and I'm not trying to make light of those external forces either because we are all impacted by them on a daily basis and it stinks. I, when, when the Major League Baseball season went from 162 games to 60 games and I was doing Brewer, Brewers postgame and working as a part-time guy, I lived my life on credit cards through COVID. And those are credit cards that are still being paid off to this moment. I understand the impact of COVID as much as anybody. I am not trying to be dismissive of it. But Lindenwood, if they knew they were going to do this, when they were going to go D1, that the eventual resolution was going to be, yeah, we'll be D1, but we can't carry 30 sports, so we'll be a D1 program. and We're just going to have to lower our sports. I think they they should have said that if that was always the plan. If it was not always the plan, well, then somebody made a decision without being able to fully think through the situation moving forward. And what upsets me about this is the almost 300 student-athletes who are losing opportunities – who are now going to have to choose between continuing to play their sport at a different institution, or staying with their their friend group and their 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 um, their academic program that they're in, and all these other things that they. That's not a small thing. That's not a small thing. The 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 social aspects of college are a huge deal. Who I became as a human being largely connected to the experiences and the friends and the organizations that I was a part of in college. And I know we see kids transfer from one college to another all the time, but you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't be forced to make the decision between playing a sport you love and being part of a community that you love. And that's what Lindenwood has done. And now there's all these coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches that aren't going to be able to coach their sport, might be out of a job completely. I just I hate this so much. I hate this. And at the end of the day, you can only support what you have money for. I get that. I'm not. I'm not dumb. I'm not naive. I get it. If if you bring in X amount of dollars and it costs Y amount of dollars to run your athletic department, and Y is significantly bigger than X, you gotta do something. You don't have a choice. You gotta do something. I get it. I understand it. But for this to happen, for ten sports to be dropped. So soon after that athletic department goes D one, it doesn't sit well with me. Maybe I'm off base. Doesn't sit well with me. Ethan Hannaford, you're you're a Lindenwood guy. Am I off base on anything I've said?
3: No, I think it's I think it's all fair stuff to be said. I think that like you've mentioned and what you've hit home on is that it's it's no first off, no one wants this to happen. Um, I don't think anybody in the university, based off of. You know, the release it feels good about it. It's tough to see students have to choose between that. And, and I think the thing that is the most well, Lindenwood is known for their um, they're very uh, I want to say minuscule, but they have a lot of niche sports out there and that not all universities carry Lindenwood, you know, used to have close to 50 sports that they had both NCAA and student life sports that they had at the school and moving to division 1, you know, I guess like you said it's expensive. I mean, I I look at it from a broadcasting standpoint. I just graduated from Lindenwood in May and just the amount of transition that comes from broadcasting on the GLVC Sports Network, which is a single in most cases it is a single or a two camera setup to what they what the expectations are for being for broadcasting sports on ESPN Plus mm-hmm. and because the OVC is contracted with ESPN Plus, it is it's game changer and that's not even discussing the money that it costs to transition from a um from a standpoint of just being division 1 that's just talking about the broadcasting side of things so you see that but these are these are these are athletic brands these are programs that had a lot of success i mean women gymnastics has won multiple national championships this is a this is a team that when everyone else was division 2 they were competing and uh um they were competing at the division 1 level facing they were going to Iowa State they were going to Northern Illinois they were having those big teams come to Linden One to Robert Highland Arena and and compete and it was it, it so that one i mean wrestling just went up to Minnesota last year i mean Gable Stevenson yeah. all these huge names they went out to Stanford uh, field hockey I mean all kinds of successful programs so I think the like you said the biggest thing is is puts the students in a tough spot and you hate seeing it for the school and you know like you said there's been nothing but good things that have happened at the university for so many years as they move forward in both academics and athletics and this is a tough one today as a Lindenwood alum I, I feel for uh for my friends that still go to the school for my friends that are student athletes just a couple of years ago it was about 75 percent of students on campus were student-athletes. I mean, that's how much of the school is built around student-athletes. So you hate to see that. That might have
1: something to do with it as well, because it could also be scholarship money and whether they have enough, you know, is... How much of their po- student population essentially is not paying full price for college?
3: Could be that can make, that can have an impact as well. Could be. Regardless, yeah. though, like you said, the t- it's it's tough seeing that yeah. for students and put them in a tough spot, and you hope that uh, you know things can start to move in a better direction. Hopefully, it's,
1: it's happening everywhere too. Also, to be fair, uh, I used to be the broadcaster for Wisconsin Green Bay basketball, and I found out yesterday that. They are no longer traveling the broadcast to road games at Wisconsin, Green Bay, a Horizon League school, a Division One school that's been Division One for a really, really long time. Uh, programs that have had some some success that they are doing broadcast from a remote standpoint. I found out that their sports information department doesn't have enough people to like write game stories, so they're using artificial intelligence to write all of their game stories at Green Bay. Like I found out these things just just yesterday. It's interesting that this Lindenwood story came out today because I was having a long conversation. It's all financially based. Now, sometimes you make bad decisions. That Green Bay program used to be connected to Learfield. They made the decision to drop Learfield, and a year later, they're not sending their broadcasters out on the road. So sometimes stupid decisions are being made, and that results in bad things. I don't know about the decisions being made at Lindenwood. I know they dropped 10 sports today, and I know that that's really disappointing for the student-athletes, for the coaches, and for everybody involved with it. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk NFL football. Ed Smith is going to join us in just a moment. Uh, We'll get his take on everything going on across the league. We'll do that next. It's Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. gray bar sports open line have about 20 minutes left in the program and then we'll be done for the week again we'll be broadcasting from nashville in the baseball winter meetings beginning on monday i hope you will join us for that right now we're going to go back to the quiver river electric guest line very happy to uh, welcome on one of my favorite people to talk football with he is ed smith former uh, nfl player uh, he is on twitter at ed smith speaks ed always appreciate you taking a moment or so with us how are you
2: Hey, appreciate you having me on, Matt. Always uh, fun to jump on with you. So uh, we are St.
1: Louis' home for uh, the Chiefs. They are going to match up against the Packers coming up on uh, Sunday night. Uh, you look at the the schedule this weekend, the, the 49ers-Eagles game jumps out. Those are a couple Super Bowl contenders, and then obviously the Chiefs as well. Those three teams, 49ers, Eagles, and Chiefs, most people think it's going to be one of those teams that wins it all this year. Is that is that the hierarchy? Are those the three best teams right now in the NFL?
2: Yeah in my opinion I think so obviously you know we'll see the uh, uh Eagles and uh 49ers square off this week to see how they measure up against each other and I wouldn't be surprised if those two teams find themselves in the NFC championship game as far as the Chiefs you know they've been on a little bit of a you know an up and downer over the last few weeks uh but I don't see anybody you know, necessarily, you know, challenging them or at least stepping up to the plate. We thought it would be Buffalo. Uh, you know, they've, you know, kind of fallen on their face uh, so far to this season. And then, you know, Jacksonville, they're – sometimes they look like they're ready. Other times they look like they don't. They obviously have the record right now. But the Chiefs are are definitely the, the upper class in that – uh, conference, so I wouldn't be surprised if you hit it right there on the head as far as those three teams being the the front runners uh, as far as getting to the big game.
1: Are there any great teams in the NFL this year?
2: I don't think so. I you know everybody has a flaw, uh, you know, and even you know it, it just looks like nobody is you know and even with the, with the Eagles having that ten to one record it doesn't seem like they've played their best ball yet. We obviously see, we've seen Sam Fran, they've had the three-game skid. And then we, you know, we referenced, you know, with the, the Chiefs, the, you know, not being able to score in some of these second halves or, you know, seeming to play with their food from time to time and not putting teams away. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I, I would say the closest, in my opinion, would would be, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, even though they have those three losses in a row, when they're clicking on all cylinders, I don't know if anybody can beat them. The problem is injuries with them, uh, they seem to have you know, peek their ugly head up at the worst times, but you know there. I don't think there is right now. I wouldn't classify anybody as a great team in the league, but some very good ones for sure. That's a great
1: way to say it. That the Chiefs kind of play with their food sometimes, and you're right. But that's not new this year. You you think about the entire. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid era of Chiefs football, which they've been the best team in the NFL consistently during that period. But it has been a very common thing for them to get down and have to come back or them not put away teams. It's more pronounced this year than it's been in previous years, but it feels like that's always kind of been part of their DNA
2: it is and i think i you just brought up a great point i think in past years they always at least had that knockout punch you know when you know it seemed like they played with your food forever and then finally you know something would just happen and they would hit you with that 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 uh, upper that tyson uh, hook to to put you out this year it doesn't seem like they have that that power and we've seen it like i said in some of these second halves you know to to go uh, a whole half without scoring to lose a couple of these games is really you know mind-boggling. But yeah, in past game in past seasons, it seemed like I said they always had that opportunity. Even though they play with, they would knock out. This year, it just seems like they lost a couple of those games that they normally would win. Even though they were just kind of. Not clicking on all cylinders, but yeah, just and then in, in the playoffs, we all know, you know, you never get a, you don't get a second chance. So the scary part about the way the the Chiefs are playing this season is that one of those games could come in the postseason, and then that ends your 2023 24 campaign. So you know, as long as they stay on top of things, you know, we we know where they can go. It's just a matter of you know, can they finish this year?
1: We've seen this happen time and time again in the NFL. You get a quarterback. They're an elite quarterback. They start getting paid totally what they deserve to be paid. In no way, shape, or form am I lamenting the amount of money that Patrick Mahomes is getting paid. But when you're putting that much of your salary into your quarterback as you should, all of a sudden you don't have the opportunity to have some other pieces on that team.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it was evident, you know, when you lose a, a key player like uh, Tyreek Hill a couple of years ago, you know, imagine what he would still be doing in this offense. But, as you mentioned, because you have to pay your quarterback, and then what you what happens, Matt, is you go out and you pay the quarterback, and then you're asking him to do even more with less. And that's, you know, that's the unfair part of it. But, yeah, we're paying you this amount of money. Now we're going to need you to pull that wrapping out of your, your, your hat maybe instead of three or four times a season, we're gonna need to see that six, seven, eight times a year, including the postseason. And that's where, you know, it kinda comes a little unfair, but you know, that's what happens when you start paying these quarterbacks that kind of money, and they lose some of their favorite weapons, and then obviously Kelsey's getting a little older, a little longer in the two, and teams are focusing on him a little more and being able to not necessarily shut him down, but slow him down because he don't have the other complementary weapons that you have to pay you know, attention to.
1: We're talking with a former NFL tight end Ed Smith uh, joining us here on a Graybar Sports Open line. One of the other narratives so far this season across the NFL. We've seen some coaching changes. Frank Wright got let go this past week. He didn't even get a full season. These in-season coaching changes, it used to be you would get to the proverbial Black Monday, and that's when all these coaches would lose their jobs. Over the last few years, it feels like we're seeing more and more coaches lose their jobs min- mid-season. Is that justified? Is that the right thing to do? Is it worth it to be able to get ahead on your coaching search, or uh, are, are NFL owners and, and decision makers jumping the gun, and how soon they're firing coaches?
2: Well, every decision is different. This one, and with with Carolina, I would definitely say you got to give a, a coach, especially when you you know you you give them a young quarterback, you strip them of all the weapons because you had to trade those away to get up the pick make that pick, and then, you you know, looking in the forecast, you've even given up first-round picks to try to make this work for future years. You know, you've you got to give a, a head coach a little time to, you know, see a, at least a little more than what uh, Tepper did, you know. And that's, you know, we're in that microwave kind of society now. Matt, where everybody wants to see it right now. We're not going to let you marinate the steak and, you know, get some flavor in there. We want you to make, uh, you know, make it work right now. And, you know, like I said, every situation is different. You you look over it with the Raiders, and that was just a total, you know, debacle. So that was time for McDaniel to go. But nowadays the clock is ticking the second you take the job. Instead of I'm going to give you some time to let you figure it out, personnel wise you know change the culture do this do that everybody wants it right away now and you know it's a microcosm of society in general you know because it doesn't just happen on in uh you know in the industry of professional football it happens all across the board where nobody's given a chance to make things work you know, given time to, to see where they can take things. now, like I said, it's all about we want it right now. And if you can't make it happen right now, we're to go find somebody else to do it. But then you're in the same boat that you were a year prior. And, you know, it's just like uh, being like that, that, that mouse on the wheel, man. It's just the same results over and over again.
1: I'll finish you off with this. If you were Robert Kraft at the end of the season, would you make a move from Bill Belichick?
2: Oh, man, that is – oh, goodness. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision because that would be a hard conversation yeah. to have with Bill. But, you know, I do think as ownership, I think no one is above the law. You know, I think conversations have to be had. Maybe Bill – we, you know, we sit down and, and craft and belts up talk and they figure out hey we can still make this work, but we, you need help. We need, you know, maybe someone in to make more of our personnel decisions. So are you good with having a GM in there now? And then you handle the, the business of running a team on the field. If not, if Bill is still saying, you know, this is my ship, I'm going down with it, then there might be too much water on that boat, man. It might be time to make that change. So if I was, you know, if, I would make a harsh judgment. I definitely would be having the conversations right now. And, you know, at the end of the day, when we finish this season up, you know, we would definitely be heading in a direction according to what Bill had to say to me in response. You know, so it's going to be real interesting to see, you know, there's a lot of success was brought to that organization through Belichick and his ways. But maybe it is time to move forward. He is a former NFL player, Ed Smith. You follow
1: him on Twitter, at Ed EdSmithSpeaks. His website, EdSmithSpeaks.com. Ed, I always enjoy our conversations. We'll do it again real soon.
2: Appreciate you. Happy holidays to you, man. Talk, All right. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Same to you. Thank you. That's Ed Smith joining us via the Quiver River Electric Gas Line. Great stuff from him on the NFL. Again, the Chiefs uh, on Sunday. They've got the Sunday nighter this week. They take on the Packers. If you heard uh, the Patrick Mahomes uh, piece that we had earlier this week that we run each uh, each week, He talked about how excited he was to uh, play at Lambeau Field. He has never played a game at Lambeau Field before, so it's finally his opportunity to go to the Frozen Tundra. So we've got some late-night football on Sunday. Uh, 7.20 for the kickoff Sunday night, and we'll have it for you right here on KMOX. We'll take a break uh, right now. Uh, When we come back, we'll wrap up the program again. We're going to be in Nashville next week for the baseball winter meetings, but we always like to uh, check in with uh, Rachel Zimmerman. She's got the Rachel Zimmerman show tonight a little bit more than an hour at 9 o'clock. Rachel is going to join us coming up in just a moment as we roll on with the Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. wrap up this edition of a gray bar sports open line here on kmox and uh it is the final segment of the friday show that means our very good friend rachel zimmerman in the house she's got the rachel zimmerman show coming up in just over an hour at nine o'clock tonight hey rachel hi matt
0: how are you I'm doing well. Thanks for asking me to be on again.
1: Always enjoy uh, these few minutes we get together. So what's uh, coming up on the program this evening?
0: I have uh, kind of a variety show tonight. I'm going to talk to Bill McClellan from the Post-Dispatch about an article that he wrote recently about the St. Louis attitude. And the attitude is, you know, when we're faced with change, we typically seem to go in St. Louis, we go, "Eh, thanks, we're good. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't like to take advice. We don't like to take suggestions. I thought it was really interesting. I talked to him about that article. Um, I talked to... To someone from the Grafton Loading Dock about their ice skating rink that's opening okay. up uh, for Are the you an season. Ice skater? I I did. I took ice skating lessons as a kid.
1: Okay, but. Nothing competitive or anything? No, 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 no.
0: I didn't didn't get that far. I skated for a little bit, and then my mom, for some reason, took me out and put me in ballet, which did not go well. But I wanted to be, like, a a skater. I wanted to wear the cute little outfit and stuff. That was the main goal, was to get one of the cute outfits. I'm
1: trying to decide when to uh, take my daughter. She's four,
0: ice skating for a first time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this is probably a good age or maybe in the next year or so. Yeah. I think she'll like it. Um, also on the show, I talked to someone about a Hanukkah celebration that's going on on Tuesday night in Ledoux at the uh, Barnes and Noble next to the Schnucks in Ladue. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, there's a lot going on. It's kind of a variety show, like I said. So something for everybody tonight.
1: I, I ask you this like every week, but the enjoyment of doing this on an every week uh, basis and being able to talk about, you know, the, the fact that you can bring in a uh, Bill McClellan and get into, um, such issues that are you know, that you he wrote about and just the St. Louis ad, things like that, things that are important to you that you're able to actually kind of unpack a little bit.
0: Yeah, that, that's really fun. And you know what the most fun is, is just meeting new people and making new friends. Like I've, I've just interviewed some cool people. I have some really cool interviews coming up. And then I also can use it as an excuse to connect with people I already know and be like, hey, come in and sit down. And I mean, I'd love to have you on the show sometime and do a profile of you. I think that'd be really fun.
1: I don't know if anybody wants to hear that. I
0: think a lot of people would want to hear that. Well, we'll see um, the um, the St.
1: Louis attitude thing. Yeah, I think there's truth to that.
0: Oh, I think so too. I, and
1: I now this applies more to downtown than the the general area. But I, I get so frustrated because I look at so many forward thinking people in other. Uh, areas And you can clearly see the results of it based off things that are happening in their downtowns. And it's just like, that's not happening in St. Louis. Yeah,
0: we, we really don't like to take advice. We are pretty comfortable where we're at. And I tell Bill, you know, I get it. I think that's an accurate assessment of the situation, but I think it's bad for St. Louis overall. That being said... I feel that way, too. Like, if we're on 60 Minutes or something for some scandal uh, and people start offering up suggestions, I'm like, hey, back off. Yeah. This is a St. Louis thing. Like, I don't need your opinion. So I, I get it both ways.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And we've got uh, the thing I love about your show. We talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. You do find the positives and you do look at the po- and We have so many wonderful things going for us in St. Louis, but I think a lot of people sit here and say, but we, it could be so much more. There could be so many more positives. Like it's sometimes for people visiting this area or seeing it from the outside, you kind of have to pull back the layers to see just how great it is. And it would be so wonderful if you didn't have to pull back the layers because there are times there are other cities, other places you go to that maybe don't have as cool a stuff as we have, but you get there and it's a lot easier to see the good.
0: Yeah, they know how to present yeah. like a good face, maybe a little bit better than yeah. we do.
1: So that's, uh, that's a challenge. All right, so tonight, 9 uh, o'clock to 10 mm-hmm. o'clock and then tomorrow at 7 o'clock mm-hmm. and then people... Might hear it who knows when else over the <laughs> they, course of the weekend a here lot. at KMOX. Yeah. You know what?
0: I think they play it a little too much, but that's okay. <laughs> Rachel, thanks so much for uh, taking some time. Thanks, Matt.
1: That's Rachel Zimmerman, and that's going to do it for this edition of a Graybar Sports Open Line. Have a great weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you from Nashville on Monday. That's where we're going to be for the Baseball winter Meetings. We'll talk to you then here on KMOX. <laughs>